and I was contemplating the chorus, okay. how my little girls used to lean on daddy's shoulder. Okay. Now, a lot of times that meant they wanted something. But that's all right, because sometimes they just wanted some comfort. Am I right about it? Sometimes they just wanted some encouragement. Sometimes they just wanted to know that they are indeed loved and that someone cares for them and cares about them. And you know, uh, as older as they are, uh, I still get those leans. Every now and then. And I've come to appreciate them. Mm -hmm. They are as much of a sign of the receipt of love as it is the expression of what it gives off and what it gives out. So let's just keep on leaning on the everlasting arms. This old arm of mine will wear out. Uh, Amen, somebody. But when you're leaning on Jesus' arms, his arms is big enough to hold everybody. Amen, Amen somebody. Right. Yeah, he'll hold you, but you got to lean on him. Okay. When trouble comes, just lean on him. Amen. When there's problems abound, just lean on him. Amen. He's got the strength to take it. That's right. And he'll help you make it if you don't fake it. All right. All right. So just go on and take it. Right. Amen, somebody. Good to be in the house of God. This evening was uh, last week. Uh, my wife and I were enjoying a vacation. We got through Mother's Day, and she got an anniversary tomorrow, 32 years. Praise God. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You applaud Sister Ville. She put up with me for 32 years. Help me, somebody. I heard the amen out there. I'm not even... I'm not even looking in her direction. I, I know what's going on. And then, and, and then, and then, uh, on the 22nd of this month, she, she'll be another year older. Uh, I won't say what it is, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, May is a rough month for the brother. I got Mother's Day, anniversary, birthday all rolled up into one. And she's still asking me, what are we going to do tomorrow? I'm like, hey, man, I'm leaning on the everlasting arm. <laughs> I don't know about you. Help the brother get through May 30th. Help me, somebody. Yeah. But it's been, it's been a great time. It's been a wonderful time. And uh, uh, grateful for all those who've labored in the service thus far, for the singing, for the praying, for the reading of God's word, and all of the things that have been done in the service up to this point. Uh, And now comes the time where we need to hear a word from the Lord. And I know it's been a long day for some of you, so we're going to try to move it along. Is that all right? Yes, I I heard the amens. I hear you. I hear you. So let's go right to our text. Is that all right? We want to talk tonight concerning... God's greatness. Y'all hear that? Uh, God's greatness. Uh, uh, Look with me in what the psalmist says again in Psalms 145, 3 through 7. We'll read it again for emphasis sake. And the Bible reads Psalms 145 at verse number 3. Great is the Lord 
and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly, eternally, uh, just continually utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. Is that in your Bible? I want to talk to you for just a few minutes concerning God's greatness. Y'all with me? A while back, I read a reference to a particular book. Uh, It was a children's book. And and one of the reviews, the way the reviews were written concerning the book, caught my attention. And it read, leave it to a children's book to help us see how big our universe is is. Now, some of our children may have read this. You might have read it to some of your young ones. But uh, in a book entitled, Is a Blue Whale the Biggest Thing There Is? The author, Robert Wells, takes us from a size we can grasp to one that we can't. So y'all stay with me for a couple of minutes. Y'all stay with me. Look at this. The largest animal on earth is the blue whale. Just the flippers on its tail are bigger than most animals on earth. But a blue whale isn't anywhere near as big as a mountain. If you put 100 blue whales in a large jar, you could put millions of these whale jars inside a hollowed out Mount Everest. Stay with me. But Mount Everest Uh isn't anywhere near as big as the earth. Uh, And the earth isn't anywhere near as big as the sun. You could fit one million earths inside of our sun. Amen, somebody. But the sun, which is a medium-sized star, according to our astronomers, astronomer, astrologer, I don't know what it is from day to day. I guess it's astronomers. It's astronomers, right? Am I right about it? All right. He said, now you could fit one million Earths inside of the sun, but the sun, which is a medium-sized star, isn't anywhere near as big as what they call a red supergiant star called Antares. Fifty million of our suns could fit inside of Antares. But Antares isn't anywhere near as big as the Milky Way galaxy. Billions of stars, including supergiants like Antares, as well as countless comets and asteroids, make up the Milky Way galaxy. But the Milky Way galaxy isn't anywhere near as big as the universe. And there are billions of other galaxies in the universe. Amen, somebody. Y'all see where I'm going. And yet, 
filled with billions and billions of galaxies, the universe is almost totally empty. The distances from one galaxy to another are beyond our imagination. And the creator of this universe, that we went from a blue whale to the universe. And the Bible says the creator of this universe is God, who with a word spoke it all into being who is present everywhere in this universe and beyond, who upholds it all with his mighty power. All right. And so this is why we can read in our text, great is our God Amen. and greatly right. to be praised. Uh, he says it another way in Psalms 9, and this is one of my favorites in verses 1 and 2. Lord, that has been our dwelling place. In all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. God's greatness is revealed to us, you and I, in another book. Amen. And in this great book, with the very first sentence, God establishes his greatness in his authority. In the beginning, God created, and you can stop right there, in the beginning, God. But it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, the scientist tells us that our universe consists of basically five things. Time, force, energy, gas, and matter. Well, guess what? You can find all five of those in Genesis 1 and 1. Look at it again. He says, in the beginning, that's time. God, that's the force created. That's the energy. The heaven, that's the gas. And the earth, which is matter. Amen, somebody. The scientists still trying to figure it out. God got it right here in Genesis 1 and 1. Help me, somebody. And in the New Testament, uh, God reveals another element of his greatness. And there in John 1 and 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the same God that created the universe, which is bigger than the blue whale, bigger than Antares, bigger than the Milky Way galaxy, bigger than all of the galaxies in the universe. He says he was in there, the same was in the beginning with God. God's greatness, church, took the form of an ordinary man with extraordinary greatness. Isn't it great to know that Jesus isn't just somebody? Uh, he's, not, he's, he's not just anybody. Okay. And he's not some nobody. But he can save everybody. Amen, somebody. And the Bible says that this greatness was manifested in the flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible says in John 1 and 14, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Have you ever paused to consider that this verse says, 
the only begotten of the Father. See, God only needed to do it one time. And, 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 and as, as man's salvation goes, his salvation only needs to come in the form of one man, one source, one answer for all of man's problems. How many problems you got out here? There's still one answer. Jesus. I got money problems, Jesus. I got house problems, Jesus. I got bill problems, Jesus. I got relationship problems, Jesus. I got boss problems, Jesus. I got spouse problems, Jesus. I got issue problems with my neighbor, Jesus. Whatever it is, Jesus is the answer. And Jesus was there in the beginning with God. And God created the universe that the galaxies fit in, that the stars like Antares fit in, that the earth fit in, that the mountains fit in, that the whale jaw fit in, that the whale was in, that God created. Can you imagine the greatness of God when you compare it to the universe? And here it is manifested in this man, Jesus the Christ. God's divinity was manifested in humanity only once. He didn't mind being a single child, and God didn't mind being a single parent. For he says over there in John 17, concerning the unity of the deity to his humanity. Over there in John 17, he says in verse 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them all who shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The unity of the body is the same as the unity of God the Father to God the Son. The same God that made the universe, that has all the galaxies in it, that has the Milky Way galaxy in it, that has the earth in it, that has the mountains in it, that has the blue whale in it. Amen, somebody. See, we can take God's greatness down to a big blue whale and take it all the way out into the expanding galaxy. Amen, somebody. He prayed for those who would believe. And the greatness of God and the same unity is obtainable even today. Y'all believe that? Go, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Let me show y'all something right quick. I'm almost done, y'all. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me show y'all something right quick. Here's God's greatness revealed to us in a mystery. Ephesians chapter 3 and, and verse number 2. Start right there. He says, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which has given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Look at this, y'all. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, 
spirit that the Gentiles, that's you and me, should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, if that don't help you out, go on back one chapter. Go on back to Ephesians chapter 2. Look at who you were back then. He says there in verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hand, that at that time you were what? Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But look at this, y'all. Look at God's greatness. But now, in Christ Jesus... You sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who's made both one, broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments containing ordinances, for the make of himself of twain, one new man so making peace and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby. Now that's how great God is but I still don't think y'all got it. Let's go back over one more chapter. Ephesians chapter 1. Start at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what his hope is in the when the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the workings of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion not only in every name that is named not only in this world amen somebody but also in that which is to come and it put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I think y'all got it now. The God's greatness is that he sent his only begotten son. He took the essence of himself, the creator of the universe, and sent on this one tiny little mud ball marble planet called Earth. I'm going to create a people and a nation. And I'm going to give them a savior. And there's going to be some folk who are there, part of that big blue, small, little, tiny little marble of a planet that don't have a relationship with the people of God at that time. I'm going to reconcile them both into one body by the redemptive power of a savior. He did that so that you and I could inhabit this tiny little blue marble of a planet in unity and harmony with one another. That's so that we could recognize God's glory and power and his greatness. How can we achieve great things as a body of people until we get back to the unity of the one body? God's greatness is that he laid the plan out for us, made it so simple. Just sent his only son into the world to bring the unity of those outside of Christ inside of Christ. And to bring 
that unity between those who knew him of old and those who now are going to know him. That's God's greatness. That same greatness of God that created the universe, that contains the galaxies, that includes the Milky Way galaxy, that includes the stars, that includes the earth, that includes the mountains, that includes the big blue whale. Is the big blue whale the biggest thing there is? Not when you consider him in contrast to God. And yet God created the big blue whales. And you contrast his creation to the universe. How can you doubt his existence? And if you don't doubt his existence, you need to appreciate his greatness. See, God's greatness is the air we cannot see, but fills our lungs daily. God's greatness is the rain that falls and waters and replenishes the land, whether it be snow, rain, or hail. God's greatness is the flowing rivers and the mighty mountains, majestic forests that scour this earth. God's greatness is the sands on the seashore and the sands of a barren desert. God's greatness is the breeze of a comforting wind and the wrath of a raping, raging whirlwind. God's greatness are the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea, the beasts of the field, and the lives of every living thing that grows and crawls and creeps and walks upon the earth. God's greatness, church, abounds in everything we take for granted in the living of these days. God's greatness the first cries of a newborn babe and the joy that we have in that new birth and think about how great this is church someone somewhere right now is enjoying that joy right now right now somewhere on the earth someone's enjoying that new birth Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way for some of the mothers out there. But someone's enjoying that new birth. And even here today, someone here could enjoy that new birth. That new birth of being born again into the body of Christ. See, once you understand how great God is, once you understand that in his greatness, he looked over all of our faults, all of our issues, all of our stuff, all of our mess, and send a savior. And his greatness allows us to have a portion of that greatness in abundance in the imparting of the Holy Spirit, which we receive after we have heard his word and believed it with all of our hearts, repented of our sins, which up until that point have separated us from God. But now in confessing him as Lord, brings us back into a right relationship with him through the watery grave of baptism. And now we rise out of that water a new creature in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And you're that new creature that's part of that new creation that was born of that creator who made 
the universe, with all of the galaxies, with the Milky Way galaxy, and all the stars and the planets, including Earth, this Earth with the mountains and the trees and the forests and that big blue whale. That's not the biggest thing there is when you compare them to God. That's how great God is. He could do that for you today. Why don't you come right now as we together stand and sing? When the Savior calls our